AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Wheat futures led an upside price recovery in the grain markets. Corn followed soybeans. And soybeans were actually hesitant to follow any of the markets to the upside today. Cattle traded lower in the final four days of the week. And hogs finally caught a bid to push solidly higher and to close the week with solid gains. From a, from a sunny, sunny state, state of mind, mind via Farm Journal broadcast, this, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, this we'll afternoon. talk with Ted Seifert from Zanarag Hedge. Then it's Kevin McNew from Farmers Business Network. And later, Jim McCormick from AgMarket.net. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. All right, Davis, here we are wrapping up our coverage from Commodity Classic Man. And a little bit of a, not a little bit of a rally in the wheat market, a very nice rally in the wheat market to end the week. We finally got some short covering going in there that we've been waiting for. Uh, The jobs data, we we should probably cover that before we get into too much. But the other thing that we need to mention is today's broadcast is sponsored by New Holland. Thank you very much to New Holland for making it possible for us to bring you coverage from Commodity Classic. The jobs data, dude, like, what was it, 317 or something like that, 311,000 gain, much better than what the trade was looking for. Uh, the dollar dropped like a stone after that re- uh, report was out, and it, it spurred that short covering in the wheat market. No question about that. Well, and a little bit of a gain in the unemployment number, though, is the thing. It's yeah. a mixed message is what it was. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's so hard when we've got the participation rate that comes into play on exactly how many jobs are filled and how many are still open and how many are still looking for one of those job openings. That's a lot of moving parts, isn't there, to try to figure out exactly what's going on. But I do know this. The sun is shining in Orlando, Florida, and I'm looking forward to making my way outdoors and enjoying some of it here pretty doggone soon, man. You should try and get outside. You know, uh, uh, here in Florida, the oranges just grow on trees. Here, they grow in grocery stores, but uh, down yeah. there, they, they have them on trees, apparently. On trees. Yeah, evidently. It's it's a, it's some sort of a phenomenon, I guess, mm-hmm. that, that just mm-hmm. happens and you know, you got to take advantage of stuff like that when you can see it. It, it Boy, doesn't happen very often. That's exactly so. right. Take a take a picture with your phone. I'd love to see that. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> All right, buddy. Let's get to the news. What do you got? Well, Chip, as you mentioned, the U.S. dollar index fell sharply today, spurring a solid rally in the grain markets. Wheat led the price advance as traders continue to receive mixed messages from the potential extension of the grain deal that allows shipments of grains from Ukraine. The current deal expires March 18, and the negotiations will likely be the focus of wheat and corn in the week ahead. May hard red winter wheat futures opened slightly higher, slipped to the lowest level since January 22, then rallied sharply to post a near session high close. May hard red winter wheat futures were 21 cents higher at 7.98 and one quarter. May soft red wheat 
jumped 13 and one half cents to 679 and one quarter. May spring week closed at 826 and a half. That's up nine cents today, Chip. Yeah, talked with a few wheat producers down here, and those from Kansas are very much concerned with the condition of the hard red winter wheat crop. Uh, They know that when temperatures warm up and we get a little bit of moisture and the crop is supposed to be greening up, they're very concerned about how how much vigor that crop is going to have when it does start to green up. On the week, Davis, July SRW wheat fell 26 and three-quarter cents. Uh, closed at 690 there on the new crop contract. July HRW 789, that was down 19 and three quarters. And September spring wheat futures closed at 822 and a half, down 37 and a half cents this Oof. week. Well, Chip, May corn futures fell to the lowest level since August 4, then followed the wheat market back to a high range close. Chart watchers expect resistance in the week ahead at 625, with support at today's low of 606 and three quarters. Census Bureau data put January U.S. corn exports at 3.2 million metric tons. That's a three-year low for the month, confirming Uh. the demand destruction indicated in this week's supply and demand update from USDA. Selling this week was also limited by delayed planting of the second crop corn crop in Brazil. The delayed bean harvest is putting more of the corn crop at risk of pollinating during Brazil's dry season. May corn futures five and three-quarter cents higher, 617 and one-quarter. July corn up four and three quarter cents, six oh six and one half. December corn futures closed at five fifty seven and three quarters, up four and one quarter cents. There's plenty of guys that are really starting to focus on that safrina corn crop down there, and and gr- the concern is increasing that uh, that that it's going to pollinate in the heat of the dry season. July corn this week down twenty one and one half cents. December corn down just thirteen and a quarter. Let's see. Census Bureau export data for soybeans put shipments at 8.56 million metric tons in January. That beats the five-year average pace by 40%, and it's the second highest January shipments on record. The Argentine soybean crop estimate continues to be sliced away, but heavy pressure on soybean oil dragged bean prices lower this week. Meal futures were less willing to trade to the downside. May soybean futures opened higher and tried to rally, then collapsed to trade through the pivotal $15 level. The contract then recovered to post a mid-range close. May beans three and three-quarter cents lower, 1507. July down four cents, 1494 and three-quarters. November soybean futures closed at 1357 and one-half, down two and a half cents, Chip. Yeah, widely mixed trade in the products, the soy products this week. Get this, July bean oil this week was down 418 points. That's 6.86%. July bean meal up five and a half bucks a ton, up 1.17%. So the spreaders are very active in that product market again. July beans this week down 11 and a quarter cents. November soybeans at 13.57 and a half, down 15 and a half cents on the week. Well, Chip, the cotton market wanted nothing to do with the upside recovery in the grain markets and disrespected the drop in the U.S. dollar index. December cotton (laughs) posted the lowest close since January 12, December cotton futures down 282 points to 80 and 25. How'd that come out on the week? Yikes. On the week, down 401 points, Davis. It was ugly in the cotton trade. And that the, the chart after today, it's a downside breakout. April live cattle futures posted a new contract high to start the week, then posted four consecutive lower closes as traders waited for direction from the cash market. 
Front month cattle fell back to the bottom of the sideways trading range. April feeder cattle on Wednesday posted the first close above 200 smackers, spiked to a new <laughs> high on Thursday, then retreated to post the lowest close of the week. Today, April cattle were 52 and a half cents lower, 164.27 and one half. June fats fell 102 and a half to 158.65 and April feeders were a buck 50 lower at 197.65. And on the snout side, April lean hog futures opened on session lows and closed near session highs and settled at the highest level since February 21. April hogs $2.37 and one half cents higher, 87.45. The June contract up 232 and a half, 102.77 and one half, Chip. Yeah, we just wonder how many positions are still sitting on the short side of that hog market, especially in the April contract, because if we've got everybody loaded up on one side of the uh, the canoe right now maybe it is starting to tip over a little bit because on the week april lean hogs up two dollars and ninety cents so we had some gains going into uh today's close april live cattle down a dollar 15 on the week and april feeder cattle on the week gained one dollars and 62 cents get this man ted seifert is sitting right next to me he's next right here on agritalk To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. the commodity classic and we are wrapping up our coverage for today uh thank you so much to new holland for uh for sponsoring it and making it possible to bring you coverage from commodity classic we're gearing up for a conversation with ted seifert from zaner ag hedge first let's make time for this industry spotlight and joining us now mark lowry director of commercial marketing for new holland ag in north america mark well welcome to the show and thank you thank you for having us down here you're very welcome and it's always good to show up in orlando yo isn't it it really is all right so filling the labor gap continues to be an increasing challenge in agriculture especially on the precision ag side and technology space there is an opportunity to educate the next generation of ag professionals and meet the needs of the future of farming, right? Well, for sure. I mean, I woke up this morning and it's the lowest, it's the best job market since 1969, but guess yeah. what? We still, uh, it's not news that everybody needs skilled labor on the farm to operate. Right. And so 
you know, along with all the challenges that we have as manufacturers, finding the right people in plants for people on farm to figure out how to produce. We also have this whole technology uh, revolution happening and people yeah. want more data, more features. And so we felt the strong need to get involved and do something meaningful to try to fill that talent pipeline. Okay, tell us about it. How are you going to ch- tackle those challenges? Well, we, we first part is about getting started. You know, New Holland is celebrating its 75th anniversary of supporting the National FFA organization this year. So we wanted to start with ag ed programs and FFA. And, you know, one of the barriers for agricultural education programs is to invest in precision technology to have simulators and displays in the classroom to teach. And so we announced at last year's national convention, uh, a grant program to award 11 simulator display stands out to agricultural education programs. And we just announced them during national FFA week in February. Okay, what are we going to accomplish by putting these simulators out there? Well, we want to we want to inspire students to get the foundations of technology, to understand the components, how things work, how data is managed at the farm level so they can be interested in careers at dealerships with us as the OEM or wherever we might need them. Yeah. Um, but it, it comes with curriculum as well uh, because we want to arm teachers for that conversation. You know, okay. the agriculture space is diverse. Uh, students' yeah. interests are diverse. So we've yeah. got to capture the attention for technology. Oh, I'm sure it's all got all the bells and whistles on it too, doesn't it? Well, that's right. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, Raven Industries is in the yeah. CNH Industrial New Holland family. So working with the Raven teams, we identified a good uh, suite of products in order to help have those ins- career inspirational conversations. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, what else has New Holland and Raven done uh, to help develop the precision ag resources for FFA? Well, it really has focused on um, talking directly with uh, teachers. New Holland also supports the National Association of Ag Educators. So talking with teachers across the country about what we can do meaningfully to help them. And then it's been a focus on curriculum. What resources can we provide directly from us for students to engage with some of our training programs that dealer service techs may take out and out in the field? Awesome. Fantastic, Mark. Uh, Where can we go to learn more about it? Always can hit the New Holland website, newholland.com, read the press release and congratulate those 11 chapters that were awarded across the country um, and then learn more. You know, if you're an ag teacher or supporting a program out there and want to find the curriculum for your program, please do it. And we'll be talking more about this program this year. Fantastic. Stick around. We're going to have another conversation here in just a little bit. Okay. Absolutely. All right. That is Mark Lowry, Director of Commercial Marketing for New Holland Agriculture in North America. All right. Ted Seifried. Zayner Aghedge, how are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, how well, are you? you look fantastic. <laughs> okay. You've you. been getting the sun down here or something? Uh, not yet. I've been yeah. kind of busy, but that's the hope here in like an hour from yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hate to stand in your way, but. No, it's okay. I, you All know, right. I love, I love doing this. Show. Absolutely. Here we are. <laughs> Wheat. Heck of a move today. You know? Uh, big drop in the dollar. It, big drop it, in the dollar. It feels like. The wheat's kind of calling the shot for the corn market right now. Yep. Yeah. Wheat pulled corn, corn pulled beans. Yeah. Right. So I look, the wheat has been waiting for some sort of spark or some reason to have a bit of a bounce. Because if you look at really every chart and any time frame, daily, weekly, monthly, uh, but even going down to an hourly chart, yeah. we were so very oversold. I mean, yeah. we needed something. So a lower dollar. And there you go. You know, a little bit of a bounce in the wheat. I don't know if this is going to be a bottom for the wheat. Yeah. But it was nice to see it on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely was. What might you be looking for to indicate that we have put a bottom into the wheat market? 
sideways trade for a period of time after the washout we had? I mean, look, after the uh, almost year-long downtrend that we've been in the wheat, Mm -hmm. we need to see some sideways bottoming. I mean, it'd be very healthy for a chart to get sideways for a while. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, build that longer term base. Because if you have this sort of V bottom in the wheat, if you if you do get like a, a 30 cent bounce off yeah. of following through today, that's not a bottom. That's no that doesn't make you feel that's good volatility. about volatility. That. Yep. That, yep. That's, that's a, the in and out of the money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That dead cat bounce. You yeah. Know, whatever. I, so I'd love to see the wheat just trade sideways, carve that bottom multi-month even, you yep. know, just put in a very strong consolidation period of time. And then we can say, Hey, look, this is a very nice base from which to build off of and have a bit of a rally. And fundamentally, I think we should go higher, but you know, fundamentals aren't always what drives markets. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, March 18 is the expiration of the current grain deal, allowing movement of Ukrainian wheat out of the black sea. Right. Next week is going to be full of all kinds of negotiations about uh, whether or not that deal is going to get done. I'd be ready for some volatility. Yeah, for absolutely. Uh, but you know what? The prevailing attitude is that Russia is going to continue to okay. do the deal reluctantly. Yeah. Right. I mean, they have their qualms, but I think it really China in particular, I think, wants Russia to have this good. PR face, yeah. you know, the, to the world, right? And, and and also, a lot of the countries that Russia does business with mm-hmm. are friends of Russia, yeah, right. So I mean, uh, they don't want any backlash from that. You know, you know, Turkey's going to be very yep. involved with that, yeah, because they want Russian wheat, absolutely, yep. right. So I I don't know. I I think it's a I'm going to say 80 percent chance that that okay. that deal gets done, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want to say stronger than that. Yeah, but. I'm I'm probably in that camp as yeah. well. There's still because you're dealing with uh, with President Putin, right? There's no guarantees. So, no, but no guarantees, right? But very likely. I mean, politically, it makes a lot of sense for them to yeah. to continue on. Okay, reluctantly. Okay, right? yeah. Let's let's switch over to corn here. Yep. Uh, because some of the, what we were just talking about has an impact on the corn market as well, but now mm-hmm. let's throw in some of the delayed plantings in Safrina mm-hmm. of the Safrina corn crop. Mm-hmm. Uh, more and more people are talking about yep. that. That is a factor now going forward. Pushing the window. Yeah. Right. Um, but then you, you just saw Conab increase corn production yeah. for that second season crop. So, hmm, I don't know. I, I think we're looking at these longer term forecasts of El Nino or uh, La Nina going neutral and then mm-hmm. into El Nino. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they're feeling like their weather patterns are going to be good. It, it's not a terrible situation to have getting delayed plantings because of rain, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're getting that subsoil moisture. I I think they're feeling pretty good about that. That and I, I think the market has to expect a really big second season corn crop again. Remember this time last year, this exact time last year when we were at commodity classic we were talking about how short that second season yeah. corn crop might be yeah but it went way the other way i yeah. mean it, it it really overperformed i think you have to have the expectations for that again this okay. year what in the world is wrong with bean oil mm. yeah um i mean you, you can talk about it as as part of the 
the spread, uh, mm-hmm. one of the products. And I mean, but look at crude just can't really pick itself up. Right. Uh, uh, it's an anti-inflationary trade right now is what it feels like. Yeah. Well, and the idea is that if we're, I mean, against what the usda just did on their on the report on wednesday where they lowered the crush yeah you feel like bean stocks or bean oil stocks are are fairly good right Mm -hmm. and and if this crush is going to continue to be incentivized by that really strong crush margin the bean bean oil stocks aren't aren't going down really in any anytime soon now i will say it is is a new paradigm for bean oil right i mean gone are the days of trading between 30 and 45 yeah there is new value had there. It's it's very similar to like what happened for corn and ethanol in the early 2000s. But also it doesn't necessarily mean that soybean prices have to continue to go higher. I mean, we're adding a ton of crush capacity. Yep. Crush margins. Yep. They've done their job. I don't know if they need to stay $2 plus. I mean, <laughs> my crusher friends are not going to like me saying that, but I don't, you think that don't might be enough for a while? Well, yeah. Yep. I mean, well, look, the reason why they're at the levels they are now is because we're worried about Argentina and whether yep. they're going to be able to crush. But look at what the USDA just did. Yep. They cut the Argentina soybean uh, Argentina soybean crop by 8 million metric tons, yes. but they only crushed oh, they only crushed crush. They only yeah. cut crush by 2 million metric right. tons. Right. They're saying that that's that Argentina will get the beans across the river okay. from Brazil, okay. from their ending stocks. Excellent, Ted. It's good to see you, man. Pleasure's mine. All right. That's Ted Seifert, Zayner, Ag Hedge. Jim McCormick is standing by. And we're going to get Mark back up here. Thanks to New Holland for making our coverage possible. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. President Joe Biden's budget is dead on arrival and has no chance of being approved, but it lays out his policy priorities for the second half of his term and could text some themes of his expected re-election campaign. The president wants to expand USDA lending programs, making USDA the, quote, lender of first opportunity. The Biden USDA also wants to make the cover crop payment program permanent. President will host European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen at the White House today. They're expected to discuss the war in Ukraine and joint cooperation in climate policy, energy security, and critical supply chains. And President Xi Jinping formally became a precedent-breaking third term as China's president after his reappointment was unanimously rubber-stamped. News of notice taken from the pages of Pro Farmer. Try ProFarmer.com.
Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. All right. Welcome back to AgriTalk and the Commodity Classic. Uh, big thank you to New Holland for making our coverage uh, possible. We've got Kevin McNew standing by for the next conversation. But first, let's make time for this industry spotlight. Joining us now, J. Cole Sanford. He is the cash crop product specialist for New Holland. J. Cole, welcome. How's it going? <laughs> going great. Fantastic. Have you had a good classic? I love it. It's been great. It's 83 degrees F outside. We've been inside an air-conditioned room. It's yeah. great. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. This show is always great because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a not open to the public, and yeah. it has the key producers in the whole U.S. marketplace that come, and yeah. it's always high-level conversations. It's great. Uh, yeah, it is excellent. And I tell you what, I walked through your display area earlier, and the variety of equipment yes. that is on display it, it's not just row crop that you guys are focused on at this meeting, is That's it? right. It's everything. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got a, a high horsepower Class 9 combine. We've got our front boom sprayer that we're known for. We also have the T6 methane tractor, which is uh, a new to the area. And, of course, the T7 300. And we have it on the front of our P2185 air drill. So yeah. we've got a nice uh, wide offering on the, uh, on display at the lot this year. It's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about more on the compact side that, you know, I'm kind of a acreage farmer i guess i would say yeah. compact tractor that keeps you nice and comfortable yep. new holland's got that off yep in fact if you come by you can sign up to win one we're we're giving one away for free i don't free. think that's legal i think i have to recuse myself from signing up as well <laughs> if i would win i think just... <laughs> yeah. i have to give it back <laughs> but yeah so we've got that uh, on the lot we also have the t7 300 which is kind of compact in mind so the idea yep. was they want to take the our producers that feedback that's mm -hmm. we new holland we get all of our information from our buyers and our customers right yep. and one of the things they mentioned is they really love that t7 long wheelbase chassis but they wanted more juice wanted more horsepower yep. when we did that we actually um added a variable uh charge uh, or variable turbo to the to the engine for okay. the, get the extra boosted horsepower we actually increased the capacity of the front hit uh, front axle as well so for front hitch applications and so we've got a, a really the ultimate power density uh power and performance density vehicle with the t7 300 we're real excited about that launch small tractor with power that's it that's it they want the same same overall uh dimensions but they wanted more power and the one on the lot i don't know if you noticed it had a little bit of a different blue that's our blue power edition which is an option okay. on t7 and t8s we like to call it the maserati blue so <laughs> it's a, a fantastic color and you know the tractor looks great but it also operates like a dream all right so what technology comes equipped on the t7 300 long wheelbase yeah so uh, this is the next range of tractors in the new holland offering that are taking on our plm intelligence software offering okay. or basically software envelope, if you will say. So it started with the T8, moved to the T9, and now it's on the T7. And that's an all-new display, the Intel V12, with a um, Sidewinder Ultra armrest. And all the technology pieces that built into that are now available on the phone. So we can nice. we can watch the tractor remotely and all the data that the tractor produces. Because really, let's think about it. Tractor in its basic form, it's a data creator. Yeah, it's pulling the implement behind <laughs> you. But it's giving you the information that you want to know about your farm by the acre and sometimes by the square foot, depending on what you're doing. And so that information is beamed to the cloud, to the PLM yeah. Connect portal, where 
the producer has full access to it, and then he can give he or she can give access to any of their vendors that need to see it. Oh, that's right. fantastic! Oh, it's unreal. What that's this fantastic, stuff. That's... Kevin. It's a it's a data creator. <laughs> oh, well, he had me at Maserati. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tell you what. what so yeah. So and everyone that comes by the booth, that is the first thing they say. Is this the new color? It's an option. But it's a fantastic color. It's That's really sharp. So yeah. cool. Yeah. Where yeah. can we go to learn more? Oh, of course, uh, just search New Holland Agriculture on any of the social media channels. Yeah. But of course, head up newholland.com. And of course, don't Perfect. forget to talk to your local dealer. Outstanding, J. Cole. Thank you so much. Thank That's you, J. Cole Sanford. He is the cash crop product specialist at New Holland. Fantastic. All right, man. Let's get into the conversation right now. Kevin McNew from FB and Kevin. You want to talk about taking up some real estate with a display. I think FBN's. Uh... Well, you know, I mean, not to be outdone by New Holland and their Maserati Blues, but we're in, you know, we got uh, green eye sprayers that see and spray weeds now. Yeah. I mean, what a world we're living in, Chip. You and I were talking about this yesterday. Yep. You know, the technology that is coming down the pipe yeah. to revolutionize agriculture and especially around, you know, I, I believe this is one of my, my key tenets to our farmers is, energy and inputs are not going to get cheaper anytime soon. We're in a new world order. Energy markets are going to stay elevated. Kim prices, even though they've come down over the last year, I don't think we go back to the old normal. I think we're in a world of new normal. And I think for farmers, what that means is look at this technology with an open eye and does it improve your ROI long-term? Right. Right. Because if you can use the technology to take some of the sting out of the increase in the input costs, you got to be doing it because I'm, I'm with you on this, Kevin. I, it, we, we always talk about the increases in input costs being sticky. Yes. That they like to they hold go up more. Yeah. They take longer to come down, longer to come down. I really feel that this time for sure, man, it, right. uh, it is something that we need to pay attention to and manage those costs appropriately. What are your members talking about? You know, I think we can sum it up with the phrase cautious optimism. Yeah. For 23. Yeah. You know, it's like things are better a little bit on the Kim fertilizer uh, you know, interest rates aren't doing us any favors, right. but, you know, I think there's some cautious optimism that costs are coming down. There's cautious optimism as your, you know, your previous uh, yeah. speakers talked about, you know, we need to, we, we need to kind of tread some water here. I don't think we're going to go back to a world of, you know, $4 corn and, and $10 beans. Okay. And, and I just think we're in this new world order um, that, is is going to be permanent for some time until something dramatically changes. Yeah. yeah. You know, the jobs data that we got this morning, the dive in the US dollar index. Mm-hmm. Um it, I don't know if it locks in a half point increase uh at the Fed March meeting, the FOMC meeting, but this environment that we're living in is anti it, it, it the Fed is doing what they said they were going to do. They're doing what they can to beat back inflation. And I think it's pulled some of the money out of the commodities. I think so. Okay. I think, you know, I mean, I you know, God love federal chairman Powell. I would not want his job, no. but he was late to the party. But now since he's in the party of trying to curb inflation, he's been very clear. Yeah. You know, the data needs to support our decision as long as the data is telling us that we have a problem, we're going to keep raising rates. And yep. I think the jobs report today 
more data. We'll get the inflation report next week, probably. You know, there's a lot of debate about, you know, seasonal adjusted CPI data, but I think the reality is the Fed needs to do a half a point again and, yeah. and probably more I think so too. after that. You yeah. know, the question I get from farmers is this the 80s again? You know, does it? Is it going to be? It, and, and I think yep. the big one that everyone's scared about is farmland values. Yep. You know, we've seen the big rise. Everyone's talking about it. You know, my neighbor sold this for ungodly numbers, yeah. you know, yeah. and here's my kind of takeaway on that is that I think the year today and near, year next year, we'll see farmland values go up less than they did in the last two years, Okay, but they're not going down. We're not anywhere near the 80s. And right. what happened in the 80s? What happened in the Great Depression when we had really, really big drops in farmland values? It meant interest rates were so high above the inflation rate. Yeah. Okay. That's what you and I would call, yep. as economists, we'd call the real interest rate. Right. And so we're nowhere near that today. No. 10-year treasury bonds are at 4%. Inflation's at 6.5%. That means that the real interest rate is actually still negative, which right. stimulates farmland demand, yep. stimulates farmland prices. So I'm not saying go rush out and buy farmland, yeah. but I don't but, think that corrects. And the, the other thing on the farmland market, Kevin, the uh, uh, banks showed incredible restraint over the last, well, Geez, what ten years right. of, of this farm market? They haven't they haven't pushed them. Uh, you know, well, we'll finance ninety five percent. They haven't pushed and said, well, you know, it's worth it's worth X today, but next right. but next year it's going to be worth X times one point whatever. Yeah, let's get a little more aggressive on the loans. Right. There was no getting aggressive on the loans this right. go around. And the other thing I would add, you know, from what we're seeing and hearing from our members through, you know financing and things like that that we operate in you know our farm's financial situation is fine yeah you know there's no accumulating debt there's right. no growing imbalance right. between assets and equity and so i feel like farmers are they're fine and that know? means there's no crisis in rural banking exactly ahead of us exactly so, okay man i can't believe that the time is just flying by us here give us an outlook for the week ahead what do we need to be watching in the grains you know um I mean, in some sense, I think the market's treading water up to the March reports. Okay. You know, we'll get the planning intentions. Um, you know, I, again, I, I believe cautious optimism is the approach to have. I don't think this market is one I want to be horribly selling into right now, mm -hmm. panic selling. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say like cash storage. If you still got grain in the bin, you know, that's something I want to be cautious of because interest okay. rates are high. Yep. Basis is probably not going to help you out very much because yep. we don't have a shortage of grain in the countryside. We have kind of a global imbalance. So, you know, if you're, you know, fully caught up on old crop pricing and you've done, let's say, 10 to 20 percent on new crop, yep. you know, sit on your hands for the next 20 days. Don't All worry right. about the gyrations. Go out and make your decisions about your farm. Fantastic. Fantastic. You're going to be able to uh, take advantage of some. Orlando weather, you, know, you head back a, to Montana. I'm a Montana guy. I got to get a little sun in me before I go back to the cold, right? There you go. There you go. Good stuff. Man, it was good to see you again. Always good, Chip. Thank you, buddy. That Thank is you. Kevin McNew. He's with FBN. Okay. Now, when we come back, we're going to have a conversation with Jim McCormick and wrap up our coverage from 
uh, from Orlando and the Commodity Classic. Jim, of course, is with agmarket.net. Again, big thank you to Jay Cole and to Mark for coming on from New Holland. Make sure that you check out the website. And like Jay Cole said, you know, just Google. Use any of the use any of the search engines and uh, put in New Holland tractors and get more information. We'll be right back here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. The truth is hard to come by these days, unless you listen to AgriTalk. All right, welcome back to AgriTalk. Davis, how you doing, buddy? We're going to wrap things up here pretty quick. Wrap it up here pretty quick, would you? Yeah, yeah, we will. Hey, there's there's a, another group, aside from New Holland, who is sponsoring mm-hmm. this afternoon's show. Yep. Another couple of groups that we need to mention, ASA, American Soybean Association, and the National Corn Growers Association, NCGA. Uh, helped us out, gave us some technical support down here and and made it possible for us to, I think it's something new. They call it the internet. Have you heard of it? Uh, That's uh, where you go to order food, isn't it? Well, that's one of the places that you can do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah. But yeah, the internet. They helped us get on that and uh, and provided some of the services for us to to make that happen. (laughs) So thanks, guys at ASA and NCGA. All right, uh, we've got good grief. We've got Jim good. McCormick. I've got to put my glasses on. AgMarket.net, Jim. How are you? I'm doing well, Chip. Thank you for having me on. Good. Glad that you are here. And boy, the conversation that we had during the break, we're going to do the best we can to recreate it because it was an it, it was an interesting day in the financial markets in the in, in the cash financial markets, and it may have had some impact on the on the commodity trade. Exactly. And what we're talking about, folks, is we had a Silicon Bank essentially implode in the last 24 hours. And essentially, it's the biggest bank failure since the 2008 recession. And it may be one of the biggest ones ever when it's all said and done. And I know, Chip, a lot of people like saying, especially producers, like, why do I care a bank blowing up in California? Yeah. But what really kind of caused some of the problem is that bank owned a lot of smaller banks. And as they're worrying about Contango and this bank being liquidated, there was a fear within the industry of how do I handle margin calls? So you had clients coming into today that were on margin calls from yesterday's debacle in the grain market combined and stock market and everything else that got hit on the feds, you know, testifying in front of the Congress. They're on margin call. Now we weren't certain would they be able to get their money out of those banks to manage 
their margin. Oh, risk. my goodness. So you, you kind of had a little bit of a fear today as people just kind of said, well, I'm not sure how this is going to settle. It's a Friday. There's a lot of uncertainty. And they ran to the sidelines, we believe. And I think that was part of the reason, at least part of the reason why we saw some weakness today, but also the weakness in yesterday's trade. That's wild, man. Um, so tell me more about this bank. Uh, crypto bank well it was a regular bank but i guess it had a lot of its assets were in cryptos and we know okay. the crypto assets are really kind of you know shaky and they kind of had a run on it like it sounds like just yeah. like a lot of banks if everyone comes in gets a run on it yeah you don't have enough assets it, to implodes. Cover, it implodes and that seems to be what happened and it just it kind of really was super super fast i mean i'd never heard of this bank 48 hours ago Right. You know, it was just another bank and it just that went quick. But that just shows you how entwined everything is. And like I said, it looks like the government's going to step in. They're going to bail out the bank. They'll take over the take over the assets, sell what they've got. So, you know, if you're a producer out there, don't freak out like we're going to have a recession or right. like we did in other years. Right. But it just kind of shows you, you know, what happened in the markets is it's not necessarily is China going to buy corn today? Is China going to buy <laughs> beans today? Sometimes we're going to, our market's going to be affected by something we never would have thought yeah. would would bug you. Who would have thought of a bank imploding in California, Silicon Valley, in essence, would affect the price of soybeans? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then you also said the equities are sharply lower today. It looked like Dow was like 350 points lower, something like that. The Dow is down hard again. I mean, what's going on right now, Chip, is the Fed's been very upfront. They've been saying, mm -hmm. look, we are going to keep raising interest rates until we slow down the economy. But it's not happening. Yeah. Um, the jobs number was very good today, yep. and that accelerated. And essentially, you know, people spending money is what generates most of our GDP in the country. Yep. It's not manufacturing. It is consumer spending. And this is where Powell has a problem. If he could probably, you know, if he could give a speech to the country, he'd probably say, hey, guys, quit spending so much right, money. Right. This is the problem because as he's raising interest rates, he's trying to stifle spending to get inflation yeah. under under wraps. And it's just not happened. Look what here at this show. I heard there's over 10,000 people. Yep. The record amount of people down here in yep. Orlando. It's amazing. Yeah. Which is great for the farm sector. But if you're if you're the Fed trying to get people to quit spending money, that's really not the signal they want to see. Yeah, that's exactly right. And. And the Fed is is trying, and Powell is trying to send that message. When he was on Capitol Hill this week, he should have looked at every one of those lawmakers and and said, "Quit spending so much money; it'd make my job a whole lot easier." Exactly, because when they're spending money, they're stimulus, and it's going to take a little bit harder, Chip. I think to ring out what people think. Because remember, when the economy slows down, what does the government do? They tend to talk about infrastructure yeah. and all that. Yeah. Well, remember, we had a lot of infrastructure spending that was locked in a year. Two yeah. years ago, on the infrastructure bill, most of that money hasn't even started to move into the system. Yeah, and then That's on top right. of it, you had a lot of COVID stimulus that went to little cities and townships all around the country. They're still sitting on that money. Yeah. So the idea, what I'm going to point out, is the idea that we're going to be close to getting a drop in interest rates. I think we're far along. We yeah. may get close. We pause, but you know, the people were thinking we we're going to pause and then get that pivot. You hear everyone talking right. About. And I think the market's realizing the pivot, it just isn't going to happen. It's right. now we've got to just slow down the spending. And like I said, we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. A little over a minute left here, Jim. Let's get focused on the grain specifically. Week ahead, what are you thinking? I think hopefully we get a little bit of a bounce. The July corn chip, they left a gap in it. You got to go to 95 and a half to fill the gap. I believe we get 97 okay. this morning. 
I think we could try to fill the gap and then see a little bit of a short covering. If if you can get this Silicon Bank thing to calm people down and get people to kind of reevaluate, yeah. I do think end users will come in. We've had reports that China canceled some Argentine purchases and bought some U.S. beans up to a million tons out of P&W today. Okay. There's also rumors China continues to buy U.S. corn and sorghum. We haven't got the confirmation, but there's talk of that as well. So cheap prices are enticing buyers. January, the census numbers for bean exports was fantastic. You know, we got the Census Bureau numbers update this morning, and it was, wow, kind of eye-popping. So hopefully that continued into uh, February. And, and if if we could throw some March bean exports in on top of it, it would help us out a lot. Jim, thank you so much for making time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate yeah. it as well. And you know what? Big thanks to everybody at agmarket.net. Uh, you guys have been great to AgriTalk. And uh, we surely enjoy having you guys on on a regular basis. And we appreciate the opportunity to be on and talk to your, uh, you know, talk to your listeners. Fantastic. Jim McCormick, agmarket.net. Davis, that is it. Wrapping it up from down here. Yeah, man. Um, You know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to catch a plane home for, I don't know, like a week, something like that. Is that okay? Can I just do that? Here's here. My initial thought is maybe I should have Machinery Pete and Alan Hoskins on Monday morning and uh, the gang from Bam WX for a weather update. That's what I'll do. That I, That's good planning. Think about Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, too. And oh. I will see you on the 20th. <laughs> Be safe, everybody.